So no matter what kind of muck and mire or muddy pit you're in today, God can pull you up out of it and he can set your feet on a solid rock. And I want to just here to encourage you today that if you believe in Jesus, no matter how you feel right now, no matter how it looks right now, you're in his hands. You're in his hands. And um, I don't know about anybody else, but if you, even after you get saved, sometimes doesn't life just feel a little, sometimes even un unstable maybe, or just like stuff just going on, you don't understand it. But how many times I have to tell you, it's, sometimes it's part of our processes for growth. I mean, like I, I, I've spoken before, where they, when you prune trees, and you prune for, uh, uh, you know, plants, you cut them back sometimes so far it looks like you killed them. But then when the process of growth happens, you don't, you don't even miss what you did because it comes back twofold. And sometimes I believe, you know, God allows us to go through situations in our life because he intends for them to be platforms for growth. Amen. And then also, I, I firmly believe in this, platforms to help others through what they're going through for them to grow. Amen. Because if you haven't been through something, how are you going to help somebody? It's like me. You know, I, 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 I try to do my best to fix my own vehicles. And I will do it. But I'm not going to turn around and tell somebody how to fix something that I have never fixed myself. Like, there's certain things you got to know processes to get to. And, and I, won't be, I will not sit there and tell you. But now, if I've, if I've done the brakes on that make and model of that vehicle, or done the brakes, I can tell you how to do a brake job. I can tell you how to change, the, change gaskets and do all these things. But I can't tell you how to link up a transmission because I've never done it. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to say, refer to YouTube, praise God. Because there will be somebody who decided to take their time to make that video. But my point is this. God allows us to go through processes and things in our life because the intention of it is for us to grow from that experience. Amen. Don't ever think that God lets you go through trial or tribulation because he wants you to fall and not get up. If you fall, he expects you to get up because he's right there to lift you up. Come on, give him praise in this house. And turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 40, verses 1 through 3. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. 
He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Let's reread this. I want you to read this. I want you to read verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. See, a lot of times we spend our lives and we're thinking the Lord doesn't hear us. A lot of times we think that because he doesn't do what we tell him to. Or we phrase it as asking, but a lot of times we're telling God what to do. Now, we can tell situations what to do. Like when I laid my hands on that lady in Atlanta, I didn't command God to open up her ear, but I commanded that ear to open in the name of Jesus, and that ear opened in the name of Jesus. But he hears your cry. He, he draws inclined. He draws near to you when you talk to him. James, book of James, says to draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto you. See, all you got to do is approach him, and he's going to come at you. You come after him, he's going to come after you like that dog sitting on the porch waiting for you to come on that property. He's going to come running to you. So he brought me up out of a horrible pit in a miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established. See, when you gave your life to the Lord, I would guarantee or be most likely inclined to defer to the idea that everybody or most everybody who gives their life to the Lord is most likely not in a beautiful situation of promises and good times when they do that. Most of the time, I would say nine out of ten people when they come to the Lord, they're going through something when they find the Lord. They're, they're in a situation where they feel like they need help or they need something. And here comes the Lord. Now, sometimes, I mean, I don't know. There may be the exception, like, life is great. Wow, let me add Jesus to my list. I don't know. But most people I talk to, when they've met the Lord, really met the Lord, they were in the middle of something. I know when I, when, when, see, when I met the Lord the first time, I was a child. But I walked away. I I went to the, you know, the theologies of, of, of the world that said, hey, if you do the best you can, do the best you can, you'll be all right. And got involved in all kinds of mess, all kinds of muck and mud. I can identify when he pulled me out of the pit. I can identify with a lot of the stuff where God saved my life and spared me trouble and trial and tribulation and got me out. And, and there's times where, you know, I reflected back, see, you know, I reflect back on when God does things. And I reflect, as I was in my room after that meeting in Atlanta, and even when I was after the pantry in certain areas, and I reflect back on my life, and I reflect back on some times where I know God spared me, and for whatever reason I didn't know at that time, but I can honestly say it was for moments like that. Because God already knew. He had already he had established a way for me. He knew the way each and every one of us are going to take. He's already got it predestined. It's just up to us to get in line with it. 
So no matter what kind of muck and mire or muddy pit you're in today, God can pull you up out of it, and he can set your feet on a solid rock. And I want to just here to encourage you today that if you believe in Jesus, no matter how you feel right now, no matter how it looks right now, you're in his hands. You're in his hands. The Bible says, can't nobody take you from his grip? Now, we can wander away. We can, we, can, we can damage the relationship. We can stop believing in him. But you're always still in his hands. And he's always trying to work and to mold you. A lot of times we go through things in life and the focus comes on what we're going through and how it makes me feel and all. We really sometimes need to just sit back and say, oh, man, I don't understand this. Man, this hurts like crazy, but I'm in his hands and I know there's a purpose and I'm going to grow and I'm going to be used by this situation because I'm in his hands. It says that he pulled them out of the miry clay. Miry means mud or dregs. I remember my grandfather used to have this word he used to use, which he called some of the people I was hanging out with. He'd be like, yo, why are you hanging out with the dregs? And I'm like, dregs? What's that? And then there was happened, there was a band. It was, I forget the guy's name, it was something in the dregs. Like, oh, you mean that? No, no. He goes, why are you hanging out with the dregs? I'm like, dregs? Well, I didn't even know what a dreg was. Well, dregs is waste or worthless matter. Refuse. So it says here, not only did he pull you out of the mud or the, the clay, he pulled you out of the wasteful, worthless matter of life that you were in before Christ. Because that is the kind of life you have without Christ. It's wasteless, it's wasteful, it's worthless, and it's nothing but a heap of garbage that the devil paints a beautiful picture that is good. See, the devil wants you hanging out in the refuse. The devil wants you hanging out in the miry clay and in the pit. And he'll paint pictures of it to make it look good and pretty. He'll dress up that thing. But let me tell you what, you put lipstick and a, and, and a ring in a pig's nose, it's still a pig. I don't care how much you dress it up, it's still a pig. And it's still going to be baking on my plate one day, amen? <laughs> amen. Still a pig. That's like you can put a suit on, bring a Bible to church, walk in every day. That don't make you a Christian. Like I said on Wednesday, you, you can go lay yourself on your garage floor. You're never going to turn into a car. I don't care. Mm -mm. But established, says he, he pulls you up out of the miry clay, sets your feet on a solid rock. In other words, he gives you a foundation to stand on. Then he sets up, the established means to set up or erect. He starts building and establishing your life and your direction. And no matter what happens, you're in his hands. So now the, the, the fleshly side of us, the, humanic, the humane side of us, wants to think that, well, I'm in his hands and he set my feet on the rock and he's establishing my way. That means I'm not going to go through anything in life. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be absolutely not. I'm not selling you that Tinkerbell lie. He is not Walt Disney. He's Jesus Christ. Walt Disney gives you fairy tales and, 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 and all these things. 
Jesus Christ gives you a way to handle and to deal with everyday life. Stuff's going to happen. You're going to get in traffic. People are going to get sick. People are going to let you down. You're going to stub your toe. You're going to bang your head. You're going to make mistakes. But the thing is, you've been pulled out of the miry clay and set on the solid rock so you can only go down as deep as you've been pulled from. But the best part is, you don't have to go. We go through stuff. Sometimes you'll be saved and you'll go through a little muddy experience. Right? We do. We get trials and tribulations. And our faith seems to sometimes even diminish. Remember I said all things that we go through are for growth. God wants to build on where you've been. See, God's all about building. And when you have something already established, you always got that to fall back on. So when God pulls you out of the deepest, darkest pit, you're standing, you always have that rock that he set you on in the beginning, which is him, his word, your relationship with him. And all you got to do is allow him, you're in his hands, to work you back into that relationship, back into that process, and lift you back up. And like I said, it's all for growth. Now, when you go to get clay, because now I'm going to take us to Jeremiah 18 and talk a little bit about being on the potter's wheel. You see, for the potter to even have the clay, he had to dig down deep into the ground to get the clay out, dig down into the worthless, miry, wasteful manners of the ground to dig deep beyond that and get to the part where you can get clay. And then not only does you have to do that and pull it out, you then have to do, how many here like to make bread? To, to make bread, you have to do what's called kneading it. See, because when you make bread, you take this thing called yeast, and you put it in with water, in with the flour, and then there comes chemical reactions that form gas bubbles inside the dough. So you have to knead that dough to break those gas bubbles and then let it rise again. Well, when you're making clay for, to be used for pottery, you have to do the same principle because there's air pockets in the clay. You're like, well, how did, we're not eating that. What do we care about it for? Because if you put unneeded clay, unprepared clay in a kiln, once it reaches a certain temperature, all those air pockets will explode and the creation will be created. And if you're in a kiln with other people, the other people's projects will be ruined by your shattered clay that goes all over their things. So here goes the principle. First off, sometimes we got to get needed and prepared. In the beginning of our processes, God's got to need some of the stuff out of our life. Matter of fact, I, you go through a whole lifetime of needing. Because as one thing comes out, that raises up something else that we have. Like we got life issues. That, see, you go through life, you come, you come to Christ with a lot of baggage. And one by one, they get taken care of. Sometimes more than one at one time. But a lot of times, life process, and, and anyone who's, who's, who has walked with Christ will recognize that sometimes the closer you get to Christ, the more you realize how messed up you are and how much stuff you have that he still needs to get rid of. Now, so you've been needed, and now you're on the potter's wheel. And you would think once you're on the potter's wheel, it's a done deal. But let's, let's, let, let's read this, and then let me talk to you about what it is to make pottery. You see, Jeremiah 18, verse 1 says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. Hmm. So 
here at me, I, I, I walk and I go to the potter's house and I see he's got each and every one of us on his wheel because we are the clay. Then I went down to Potter's house, and behold, he had a work, a, a wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do this? Do with you as this potter, said the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. In his hands. You're in his hands. But look. Notice it says that the vessel was marred. And he made it into another vessel again. See, there's times in our life that as the potter has got us on the wheel and grooming us and molding us into what he wants us to be comes across the mar. A fleshly item in our life or our past comes up and he has to sometimes has to squash us all the way back down to the start from scratch. But other times he's just got to work on getting that mar out. See, a potter's wheel is a machine used in shaping is known as throwing a, a ceramic ware. Like the cups that we, well, now that I don't know how they're made, but back in the days, if you wanted a cup to drink out of, you had to get a potter or go on a wheel yourself and make it. The wheel also may be used in the process of trimming excess from the dry ware. Sometimes when, you, when you, you, you put something in the kiln after it's done, you may find a mar, or you may find a part of it that's got an imperfection, like maybe when you molded it, there was a little bit hanging out this much. You put it back on the wheel, and you put some water on it, and then you can get trim that piece off. You can smooth it out, and then put it back in the kiln again to make it secure. Or they use it sometimes, and this is going to, some people are going to, you can probably even shout here. Sometimes that's when they put on the decorations. See, after it's already been fired, it's been on the wheel. They, they can put it back. Oh, after it's already been molded, you can put it back on the wheel. And then you can put some water on it. And you can put etchings in it. You can put words on it. You can put designs on it. See, sometimes God doesn't put you on the, you're not on God's wheel because he's trying to remove something. Sometimes you're on the wheel because he's trying to add something. Sometimes you get on the wheel because God wants to put a little more in your life. He doesn't want you just to be some old piece of clay. He wants you to be a trophy piece of clay. So he puts something on you. See, sometimes if you want some gifting, if you want to walk in the anointing, you want to walk in the power, well, get back on the wheel. Get in his hands and let him put on you what he wants to put on you. See, and the whole time you're on the wheel, he's using a thing called water. The potter's using water. See, you can't just put something dried on the wheel and do things to it. You have to re-moisten it with the water. Water in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit. So when you're on the wheel and Jesus got you in his hands, He's lubricating your life with the presence of God called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be used to mold you. 
The Holy Spirit will be used while you're in his hands. The Holy Spirit will be the one to lubricate and to make you malleable so that God can work with you. The Holy Spirit will be the one to reveal things to you that either got to go or come into your life. The Holy Spirit will be the one that will say, it's okay. This is part of your growth process. It's okay. See, you're in his hands. That's all you need to know. You're in his hands. When, when life is beating on you, when that devil's knocking on your door, giving you a hard time, you go, you know what, I don't care. I'm in his hands. And as long as I'm in his hands, I'm okay. I'm good to go. See, water is important. And you ever seen them really tall vases? You ever see those tall vases as tall as my, up to my waist and big? Now, you, they don't make those in one big. They don't put a big clump of clay and, and do that. They, they don't do it like that. They build it in stages or folds. A skilled potter can quickly throw a vessel from 15 kilograms or 30 pounds of clay, and they can, throwing, adding a coils and throwing it again, they can make them four feet high. And then so what they do is they, they build it to a level, and then they build it fire, and they use a heat-blowing lamp to dry it where it is, and they build on top of each stage. See, I believe that in our lives, we go through that building and throwing up, throwing out, that they call it throwing, you know, adding to our life that we're already established. But we're always on the potter's wheel. We always are on his wheel and in his hands. We run into problems when we want to jump off the wheel and get out of his hands. A lot of times it's because stuff's not going the way we expect it to, so we jump off the wheel. Not be able to recognize that it's because we're in a process of growth that we're going through these things. You know, who would have thought that them three Hebrew boys doing the right thing and not, not bowing to the statue that Nebuchadnezzar created would end up in the fire? You would think, right, in our natural mind, hey, I'm standing up for God. He's going to put a protective shield around me in the fire, boys. But what happened? End of that story. God showed up in the fire with him, with them. So you may be going through some muck and some mire today, and you're saved, and you're, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you, you, for some reason you may be in the muck and mire of depression. You may be in the muck and the mire of a diagnosis from a doctor. You may be in the muck and the mire of some mental issues and anguish that's going on in your life. But I'm here to tell you today that he pulled you out of the miry clay. He set your feet on a solid rock, and you're in his hands, and you're in his work process. You're on the wheel, and it's all for growth. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. See, I want to just talk quickly about the mar. See, a mar means to injure or to hurt or to impair the strength or purity of something. So when it says that the potter found a mar, it found an imperfection that was affecting the strength of that piece of clay. See, you may be walking with God. And everything may be seeming all right. Then all of a sudden, wow, where did this come from? Why am I going through this? Because the Lord found a weak spot in your vessel. And if anyone knows anything about that devil, where does he come at you through? 
your weak spots. So God will put you on the wheel, lubricate you with the Holy Ghost, and work that mar, that place of in the attacking words, your strength is weakened. And he'll work on you there. The word marred means to decay, which means to pass gradually from a sound, prosperous, or perfect state to a less perfect state or towards destruction. Or to decline or to become gradually impaired, to become weaker. That is what the devil's option and gain is for your life. He wants you to decay. He wants you to gradually. Did you ever notice that's how the enemy works? He doesn't really come at you full force right away. He comes at you slightly, gradually, sneaks up on you. And lets the decay begin. He puts a little bit of opportunity or temptation before you. And then if you take it, the decay begins. He may continually put situations in front of you. And you're able, not to, and you're able to withstand it and not go, go for it. But he continues. And at one time, you even think about it. See, that's where you got to be careful. Even thinking about things that aren't righteous. Even thinking about things that are unclean and impure are the beginning of the decaying process. One area he tries to decay is your prayer life. He wants your prayer life to decay. Gradually weaken, weaken, weaken. Weakened. And anyone and most anybody could probably agree and testify that that happens. When you start getting in a praying mo rotation or schedule, everything's good. You're doing your whatever amount every day at a certain time of day. But then you miss that one day. Now you may come back in the next day or you may not. But the next time you feel the urge not to pray, you'll be like, ah, well, you know, I met, did miss a prayer right the other day, so it'll be okay today. And then you'll notice that now it's not one day, you're going to miss two days. And then you're going to miss this. And the decay begins, because he's trying to decay your relationship with God, because he wants to decay the vessel that God's creating, because he wants to decay the building of the kingdom. He wants to decay what you have going on. And it's a gradual process that leads into death. But if you know that you're in his hands and the water of the Holy Spirit is the lubricant that he's using to work on your life, you'll be able to recognize the decay before it starts. And you'll be able to say, okay, Lord, work this out of me. And don't be surprised if things like prayer or study are starting to be decayed in your life and you let him start to work on you, he'll start pointing out areas of your day where you actually have time to do those things and we're choosing to do other things. You see, your life, once you give it to Christ, you're on his wheel and you're in his hands. Everything. He's working on everything in your life for the growth of you because the growth of you is the growth of the kingdom.
Because remember, God is kingdom-minded. God loves us and individually loves us, but he's about building his kingdom and defeating the kingdom of darkness. And he wants us to grow. And I just want to close with, see, no matter what, we're in his hands, and no matter what goes on in our lives, we can stand on Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7, that says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, each and every one of us has the light of Jesus on the inside of our earthen treasure, our earthen vessel. We carry the treasures of heaven on the inside of us. We carry the treasure of Jesus Christ on the inside of our mortal flesh. We know that So when we go through these processes and we're in his hands and we make it through, it's nothing to do with us but by the excellency of the power of God so that others can see the excellency of the power of God working in us. Amen? When people see you that knew you 20 years ago, and they see how God is working in you right now, they'll be like, you know what? That can't be anything that they've done. It's got to be the excellency of the power of the God that they serve. Like anybody who knows me from when I was back living life, thinking, oh, if I worked and lived a, perfect, a good life as best I could, they see me now, they know it has nothing to do with me. It's got all to do with Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus, I am absolutely nothing. I am worthless. I am weak. I am insufficient. But you put Christ in me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give his praise. So why would I ever want to leave his hands? Sometimes his hands are loving and caressing. And other times his hands are disciplining and corrective. See, the problem with Christians and the problem with believers is we just want the loving and the good. We don't want the correction and the direction. But he can't love you without giving you correction and direction. How many of you here love your kids? Now, today you can't really do this, but how many growing older you put it to them because they needed it? They deserved it. Now, today putting it to them is, oh, I took their phone away. Oh, I, I reduced their internet usage. Wow, you're putting it to them. Whole different meaning of when I was growing up. See, when you're, when you're growing up as, as ancient dinosaurs as I am, you know what the sound of a belt coming out of those loops sound like. And you know it's run for the door. But whatever form it is, correction creates direction. See, if you're headed in the wrong way, little correction is supposed to lead you in the right direction. That's why they don't call them prisons legally. They call them correctional facilities because they're supposed to correct the ways of the past and direct them into a new future. Unfortunately, they're really not practicing those principles in a lot of them. They're just hurting them in and hurting them out. 
But it's supposed to be a corrective process, a principle to rehabilitate the person from where they were into a direction where they can be productive and useful members in society. Same thing with Christ. You get born again, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start following Christ, but I guarantee you, you're going to need to be in some corrective facilities that God puts you in spiritually. And there's a lot of things in your life that God's going to have to correct in our flesh. Sometimes it's the way we think, it's the way we talk, it's the way we act. Sometimes a lot of things we have to be in a corrective facility of is get out of that functional place called offense. Because that spirit of offense gets in you and we start looking bad at everybody else. I can't tell you how many times when I pray for people, I have to lead them to let them know that, well, God, you need to forgive these people in your life before God can do anything else in your life because you're harboring unforgiveness, and that's going to quench what God wants to do in your life. That's how you constantly will get the spirit of offense because you're still offended and not giving, forgiving others in other places of your life. Back on the wheel. When you're on the wheel, God will lift those things up to you. And until you let him have his way, you're only going to be at that level. See, there's none of us. I don't care who's watching. And if you're the bishop of a whole continent, you're still on the potter's wheel. You're still a work in his hands. And you're still someone who he's molding and he's working. When we get to the place where we think we don't need to be on the wheel and in the potter's hands. You have just crossed over into territory that sets you up as bait for that devil. You always have to be reliant, trusting, and on the wheel and in his hands. And let him lead you. And know that when he corrects you, there's love in the correction and there's love after. He knows he has to discipline us, but he still loves us. And the discipline comes because he wants us to get headed in the right direction and to stay in his hands. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You're in his hands. Even when he's correcting you. See, God, and God doesn't punish. God corrects. Devil brings punishment and judgment and condemnation. God brings correction and direction. Amen? So stay in his hands.